welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. And we're off. Dun da da! Special edition, special edition, snow day. That's right. Today we have a beautiful snow day. This is uh, Father Sean. And this is Father Michael Rapp. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. I took the wrong seat here. You Why? got the well because you can look out a pretty window. <laughs> That's true. Well, the window I don't know. It's just a normal window, but see the pretty view out the window. I mean, it's and I am looking at this green screen piece of <laughs> the, cloth. The green screen and your ugly mug. I want to see. Uh, That's no, right. no, no, no. These. This is why these episodes are audio recorded and not visually recorded. Because. Because we're awkward. <laughs> no, we put it on YouTube, and people would be like, "Whoa, what's the green screen? Whoa, uh, that's, that's an ugly window." Oh, well. Why does Father Mike have the worst seat? Oh yeah. Why does Father Sean get the better seat? Just this time, we we mix it up. I think right. I think so. Um, what do you think about the snow? I love snow. Uh, ours, I mean, it's always funny whenever the weather's like, because no one knows right what it's actually going to happen. But they were predicting what, like a whole foot. Starting at like 5 p.m. last night. It didn't start until maybe like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. They canceled school like yesterday around like 3 p.m. Yeah, it's always dangerous to do it the day before. So I, I think school should have been canceled today. The roads are pretty bad. There's it's a been lot snowing of snowing all day. There is a lot of snow. There is. I didn't expect. I Like you're saying, I remember as a kid they would cancel school the night before. Mm-hmm. The weather is coming. The weather, But it shifts a lot in Denver. Yep. So then we'd be out playing in the street, playing street hockey, you know, the next day during a snow day when there was no snow and the sun is shining. Right. But today actually happened. Today it did happen. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful day. One of the nice things about snow day, like our, our elementary school got canceled, our high school got canceled, which was great. Uh, the seminary is canceled. Father Mike is like, what do I do with my free time? I have yeah. all, this, all this time to prep for classes now. But yeah, I got so many emails done today. You did? Which is great. I was buried in I'm them. I'm jealous. I didn't do that. I just read books and chilled. Oh, I'm jealous. That's what I should have done. Do a little puzzle. I did go to the gym, I like though, jigsaw nice. puzzles. Are you into j- jigsaw puzzles? I do like puzzles, but I don't know. I don't have the patience for them like I did growing up. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's like just a... It's a real kind of um, mind-quieting sport for me. And I call it a sport because I <laughs> use the full, full body. <laughs> when do you do them? <laughs> I do Jigsaw. Like on retreat? No, I got one on my coffee table right now. Really? Yeah. Does Father Sam do half of it? Or are you talking about... Oh, no, at the... Companion's the house? house. No, Father, Father Jason? Jason. No, he's not interested in no? jigsaw puzzles. He's more interested just biking on his trainer all day long. Yeah. Well, and I don't do, I don't like look at the box. People mm-hmm. look at the box. I don't look at the box. I want to like, you know what you should look do at then? shapes and colors. Here's what you should do. You should build the jigsaw puzzle upside down. So it's just all gray. Whoa. Hey, that's a challenge, dude. All right. A thousand piece puzzle. Wait, no, no, no. I'm not taking that challenge. I would ju- I'm saying that would be challenging. Oh. To put it together? Or you, you're saying yeah, put it together. I, I should custom make one. You could probably custom make puzzles. Yeah. I wonder if you like custom make it or you just order like a big sheet and then you got to cut it out. That could be fun. There's uh, speaking of custom make the, the seminary gave me for Christmas, a chocolate bar that I got one of those the too. tower on it. Mm-hmm. And it said St. John Vianney. And I thought, wow, if you can do that, you can custom make these things. I want to get a set of 
uh, Father Greg Peterson chocolate bars. <laughs> with his face on it? Or yeah, what? with his face on it. That'd be awesome. I don't know. I just like the thought of that. Yeah, that guy, he, uh, he's on sabbatical right now, the first companion to take a sabbatical. And now everyone's mad at him because everyone wants a sabbatical now. Well, I'd like to take one eventually. Eventually. What did you say? You're going to go live in a monastery? uh, Yeah, but I don't know about that anymore. I'm actually considering doing research. Hmm. You know, I wasn't interested in that for a while because I had kind of got glutted. And now I think there's some more space for it. And I kind of miss the uh, kind of the open... I miss having space in my in my life and time yeah. to conduct research, like seriously, and try to write stuff. I mean, m- most of my study goes into teaching classes right now, which is yeah, beautiful. Love it, but alas. You're not reading for fun as much. Yeah, and I'm not pursuing. There's something different than fun and research. It's more like a producing. It's like a creative task. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like an artist doing a painting or something. Do you write at all? Um, I'm getting back into it. Yeah. I'm starting to write again, but it's kind of like free write. Not like scholarly. And yeah. And, but I will, you know, practice that too. I'm going to try to write more. This that's one of my resolutions for this year. You got any resolutions? I have a lot of resolutions. You do? Uh Uh-huh. Like annual. Do you do that? You're, this is the first year that I've actually taken them seriously. Wow. I'm well, proud of myself. Can you tell them any of them, or is that so? I, I kind of went off the four uh, dimensions of secret or something. <laughs> some of them are secret. Build snow castles or something. Go ahead. Uh, I I built them off of the four dimensions of of formation, right? So human, spiritual. Oh, so these are like self improvement things. Pastoral and uh, academic or intellectual, the four pillars of seminary. Anyways. Uh, like humanly, like one of my goals this year is to bike, do a century ride every month. Hey. So I did one on Monday. You did? It kicked my butt. It was horrible. Well, where did you go? Uh, I started you at... in the mountains? No. Well, it's too snowy right now. Why didn't you call me? Uh, I was selfish. Oh, I boy. also like, I was so out of shape. Like you were supposed I to... I thought I you, could we average... were supposed to do some of this together. You're right. You remember that? Yes. But you're in better shape than me and I would have felt no. bad. No. No, I would have slowed you down, and I hadn't practiced. Here was the problem with it's not with easy. Monday. What you thought it was going to be easy? I well, I just I haven't been biking, but I've done century okay. rides before, and they were easier. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Monday was hard though because I started a little bit later than I wanted to because it was so cold. So it was like twenty six degrees oh, at eight thirty, which meant on the South Platte Trail where I started biking there was still like all these, uh, like, cause the previous day, the weekend was like super beautiful. It was like in the fifties freezes overnight. So there's like these melted ice waterfalls on the sidewalk that I'm like biking over at eight thirty AM that are still ice. Yeah. And then it took two know. hours for them to kind of melt. That scares me. I don't like that stuff. Yeah. So I didn't know if you wanted to go. You didn't even ask. You're right. You're giving me that grin. Just go on. What's, what are, what's your next resolution for which category? Oh, I don't care. Spiritual? Uh, spiritual. I would like to do a Bible in a year. Hey, cool. Which... Uh, it sounds like you're behind, though. Le- well, I was going to say that could lead us into our topic today, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I would like to do that. I am behind, absolutely. Well, we can rush through the, the next two. Um, intellectual? I'd like to read a book a month. Yeah, that's good. You should that's be doing goal. that anyway. Yeah. I should be doing get, that anyway. Get in that habit. But I here's like the that. problem. I'm not in that habit right now. Yep, that's it. Well, then that, there's only one way to change that. So I think I read like 
since being ordained, I think I've read like two or three books, which to me isn't great, but it's just been a steep learning curve of yeah, learning you how got to be a, a priest. Yeah, you got a lot on your... And then uh, pastoral? Uh, I currently lead a Bible study for some high schoolers, but it's kind of gone by the wayside, so I want to get that you going revive again. that thing. Revive it. I have a couple other ones as well, but uh, I'm going to World Youth Day with... Oh, dude, I'm so jealous. A lot of kids from the high school youth group, which is going to be great. So I'm, I'm jealous. I'm trying to get that reviving. And one of my goals for uh, like just pastoral in general is just relationships. And I have some specific areas for that that I don't want to share. But um, but relationships, I think, are the key to ministry. Foster friendship with Father Mike by <laughs> biking with him <laughs> for century rides. That was a good alliteration. That's a good one. That was a good alliteration, too. All right. Here, um, Do you want to share some of your... No, I already talked about it with Johnny. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I think they're going to be bored with hearing any more. All right. Well, you'll have to this? tell me something. Here's of yours a snow offline. question. Do you um, wipe off, when you're wiping off the snow from your car, mm-hmm. do you wipe off the hood or do you leave it there? And is it because you're lazy or because you don't need to wipe it off? Well, this is going to be a complex answer because I'm going to say it depends. Oh, okay. But here's why. If it's really light snow and it's not very like thick on your car, I just drive away. It'll blow off. Yeah. But if it's like thick, wet, and heavy, the fear would be like a big, big like glob comes up and just sticks on your windshield and then yeah. doesn't go away. So, See, I like that part. If it's thick and heavy, I don't. It's scary. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's also illegal. Uh, is it? Yeah. You're oh, supposed boy. to clear your car. Oh, boy. All right. Well. Don't take my example, kids. <laughs> I just like, I like the, it's one of my favorite things is that snow coming, you know, flying up. That is cool. It's just pretty and it, it looks cool too. Yeah, totally. Once I love moving. Well, when you get on the highway, so like the highways are always plowed first. So you're like trudging through these neighborhoods, you get on the highway and you can just fly and then all the, all the snow just like flies off your car. Oh yeah. It is super cool. Yeah. Fun. All right. Well, that was a sidetrack from your Bible in a year. Bible in a year. Yeah, so today uh, I want to talk about a topic that you actually know way more about than me. Uh-oh, that's a so, setup. No, it's not I a setup. I actually got nervous when you said something about... <laughs> I anyway, texted you. I was like, setup. wear your thinking cap. I said, wear your Bible cap. Um, no, so I was thinking about this. So uh, I was doing some homily prep this past week, and um, right in the Ordo, Pope Francis has named the third Sunday of Ordinary Time Word of God Sunday. Oh, yeah, cool. He wants it specifically for... Uh, well, I'll, I'll read it here. So in 2019, Pope Francis wrote a motu proprio, which I don't have the name of the motu proprio in front of me. But anyways, this is what he said in the motu proprio. He said, the third Sunday in ordinary time is to be devoted to the celebration, study, and dissemination of the word of God. This Sunday of the word of God, in quotes, will thus be a fitting part of that time of year when we are encouraged to strengthen our bonds with the Jewish people and to pray for Christian unity. A day devoted to the Bible should not be seen as a yearly event, but rather a year-long event. For we are urgently, uh, for we urgently need to grow in our knowledge and love of the Scriptures and of the risen Lord, who continues to speak to us and to break bread in the community of believers. So the third Sunday in ordinary time is this Sunday, which when this comes out, it'll be the previous Sunday, um, but it's still the third week of ordinary time. So the study. So I was praying with that. What like, does that? I didn't understand that piece about um, 
should not be a one-day event. It should be a one-year event. Mm-hmm. It's like that I sounds think, sounds nice, but you could say that about anything. <laughs> right. right. I think the point is though is he wants to encourage a specific day where we're like we we reflect and think about the Word of God, the the sacred scriptures. But in reality, it really should be a year-long event in the sense of like we should always be thinking about sacred scripture, okay. which eventually I want to get to. Right. Yeah, he wasn't saying because there was a year of scripture. You remember? I don't remember that. Should okay. I remember it? And then there was, yeah. I mean, Pope there's Benedict like, had a, a year of sacred scripture, and then there was mm-hmm. a synod about it. And gotcha. the, the post-apostolic, no, what do you call it? Post-synodal Post- document was called Verbum Domini. Gotcha. The apostolic exhortation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, uh, yeah, I think certainly you have to stress the value of scripture. I like that we have a day, and I like the way that it's framed there as an ecumenical day mm-hmm. and when we can celebrate the Bible with other people who love the Bible. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the temptations for Catholics is to think at least this is part of my struggle is I don't read scripture as much as I, I should, or I think I should. Right. And part of that is my desire to, to do the Bible in a year this year, because I, we get so caught up in, there's so many good things to read, right? We've been talking a lot about Pope Benedict recently. Uh, I'd like to read a couple books by him this year, Jesus of Nazareth, revisiting that being one of them. There's so many good things to read in the Catholic tradition. Sure. The fathers of the church, et cetera. But the scriptures are what we call the, uh, one, we call it the soul of theology. Um, it animates everything. It's so important. It gives life to everything. Uh, without the scriptures, um, right, it's this, as the soul of theology, because it animates everything, it should be the foundation for which we look out at everything. But oftentimes we get, as Catholics, I think, right, we get so focused on uh, these other great books, these other great thinkers, as opposed to going back to the heart, which is sacred scripture. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you can be right. I mean, the church lays in front of us as priests the office of readings, which with a little chunk of scripture every day. It feels a little bit different reading from there than from your... Bible, mm-hmm. where there's like cross-references and you kind of, you know, have the whole thing in front of you. But we, you do work through a lot of scripture with the Office of Readings. And then um, the Mass, of course, with the, the lectionary. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I know what you're saying, though. I know what you're saying, that there's this kind of, well, there's a lot out there to study. And I don't think the Bible is like jealous like looking at you and saying, sure. Jesus of Nazareth, you, you're neglecting me. I don't think I, that's not the Bible. I don't think that's the Bible voice. I do like that Bible voice. You should use that more often. <laughs> no, that's just the jealous. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I think it's very important. I try to read scripture every day and I mix it up by reading mm-hmm. in Greek or Hebrew or one of the modern languages. So it's kind of two birds with one stone, as they say, two geese with one stone. Uh, and uh, it, because I'm practicing language and y- mm. you also kind of think about things differently when you read them in a different translation. Totally. But um, yeah, I also teach scripture. So that kind of requires me to read, I think. Yeah, totally. Doesn't it? But I, oh, yeah. I, I encourage you. And I don't think I, what I like about your Bible in a year and uh, Father Schmidt's idea is that you can just read a little bit every day. Right. Then you get through a lot, but you didn't know you would. 
you know? Because um, you, you look at a Bible and you say, oh, man, um, that's daunting, right? I'm going to do more reading of this thing. It's huge. And where, what are you going to read? Where are you going to, you know? Mm. Yeah, but, that's right. Yeah, that's good. So, so back to it. The third Sunday in ordinary time should be devoted to the celebration, study, and dissemination. So that's kind of what I want to focus on, those three things. Uh, celebration. I was thinking about this, like, how do you celebrate the Word of God? And uh, I didn't include the quote here, but part of that in the Moda Proprio, Pope Francis says, various communities may indeed celebrate this Sunday different from, like, other parishes and other churches. It just got me thinking, like, what would a church do to celebrate Word of God Sunday or um, the Scriptures in, like, a unique way? And I don't know, but one thing that caught caught my attention when I was thinking about this, which churches should do this, uh, so it's not necessarily anything unique, but right when the deacon processes in with the book of the Gospels, he puts it where? On the altar. On the altar, because part of that is Vatican II says, we ought to uh, venerate the scriptures the same way that we venerate Christ's body, which is fascinating. So we put the Holy Gospel, the book of the Gospels, on the place where the corporal would go, on the place where Christ's body is about to be present at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Yeah. So we celebrate incense it. It's like, yeah, considered somehow like of a more sacred order. Mm-hmm. Like we have a certain reverence around it that, yeah, is a little bit unique, I guess, in the church fixtures. and Totally. Know. But I find that interesting. Like how do we celebrate the Word of God? I got some ideas for you. I was going to say, Father Mike is really good at thinking yeah. of ideas. So. <laughs> Not always, but why don't we uh, do a procession? Mm. You know, you got these old old processions in Europe. It's usually a statue, right? Mm-hmm. But we can do one with the Bible, and then people have like, you have bullhorns <laughs> and drums, and they're drumming, and then people on the bullhorns are singing, the B-I-B-L-E, yeah, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And then that brings me back to Awanas. People have big signs that say the Bible is cool, and everybody's marching around, you know? Yeah, I love it. You can all dress up like Bible characters or whatever you want to do. I love it. Hey. I love it. You you are all about processions. Every time this comes up, processions, dude. You 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 do. Or you, yeah, I love processions. Or you have everybody bring their Bible to church, Mm. and then you uh, do a Bible blessing. And everybody raises it up in the air and says, yeah. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) I don't know. What are you going to do? I'm still thinking about it. But I think uh, one of the things I'm definitely going to say in my homily this weekend is I think in order to celebrate the word of God, you have to reverence scripture at home. Like, Don't just put the Bible on your bookshelf, one amongst many books. Put it in a special place. I remember going to someone's home where at the end of the, they have their prayer room, the end of their living room, they have uh, an end table. And on that end table in the middle, they have uh, a book stand and they have the Bible on it. And I said, oh, that's really cool. Uh, But it made me wonder, like, do you actually use the Bible or is it for decoration? And they were like, we use this every uh, Monday or whatever day of the week, they said, to read the Sunday gospel. And then their whole family does like a Lexio Divina on the Sunday gospel as a family. And they read from the family Bible, which is super cool. So I think one aspect of celebrating the word of God is to place your Bible in a specific place. Put it 
and an invisible place put it where people walk in and be like whoa why is this book so special and you can say because it's the living word of god yeah it's jesus christ it's so do you have a, like, you have one of these shines i have i don't yeah i, I should be honest i don't <laughs> um well you gotta listen to this hank williams song <laughs> called dust on the bible it's about get your dust off off the bible you know, take it off the shelf and read it. I love that. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. I highly recommend this song. You could sing that for your <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> celebrating. I should sing it. Um, I, I yeah, I love that, and you do see that in people's houses. I think the reason that I don't have something like that is kind of like what you were talking about with forgetting to read it. Mm. Is I just take it for granted. There's a bunch of Bibles all over the place. I got a library. There's books everywhere. So. Maybe I'll get a stand. I need mm. a stand, right? Yeah, I think that I think that's important. I will say on my bookshelf, on my Bible bookshelf, so I have like, I don't know, five or six different type of Bibles, right? Because you have the RSV, and then you have the NAV, and you have these different, I don't know, Greek and Hebrew and Latin, whatever else you have on your shelf. You got your, your old shelf. one. You got your newer one. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, commentaries, whatever. I will say all my Bibles are on one specific spot on the shelf. Uh, which I think is helpful, but most people probably don't have six or seven different types of Bibles. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it'd be a good way just to e- even remind yourself of all of these books point to whatever that Bible book is telling us, hmm. you know, what the prophets are saying about Jesus, the Word. So it all kind of flows from that. You see, like, the visual I'm making, if you have the Bible central in the midst of these books or mm-hmm. above or something, then it's the first thing you see, and then everything relates. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Someone was tell- telling me today, actually, uh, he was asking me about New Year's resolutions. I was asking him, and he goes, yeah, my goal is to read a book a month, but uh, he was also going to do the the Bible in a year. And he goes, so in reality, I'm going to read 73 books uh, or 72 books. And Touché. I was like, oh, there you go. What if you just read Hosea over and over <laughs> and over every month? <laughs> it's, it's not a short. bad idea. Take a couple hours. What is the shortest book of the Bible? I think it's um, Philemon. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, it's not even, or Titus. It's not even, it's just one chapter. What about Old Testament? Obadiah, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know actually. I don't know. Yeah. I mean it would it's a moder- it's a minor prophet for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. There's a there's a quiz show in there. <laughs> quiz show. <laughs> I can look it up uh, for you if you want. No, it's good. So celebration, right? So we celebrate the word of God. Uh maybe that gives you some good ideas of how to celebrate the word of God. Uh make it part of your life. Um right? It's uh Right, so what I was saying earlier is that the, the sacred scripture is the animating principle. It's the soul of theology, we say. So typically, we understand theology to have three different dimensions. We have sacred scripture, moral theology, and then dogmatic theology. So dogmatic, studying the dogmas, uh, the trinity, uh, mariology, eschat- uh, eschatology, etc. But then we have uh, moral theology, so... Um, bioethics, moral theology itself, so like the virtues, the study of moral theology, um, etc. But scripture is not just like a, a, the third pillar of theology, it, it really animates everything. Uh, and so it has to be kind of at the center of that 
so I think that's that's how we celebrate it. So moving on. Yeah, it's kind of a backbone. It's a backbone, and yeah, I like that principle of animation. I like it's kind of the spirit with which everything else should be. It mm. communicates the spirit with which everything else should be. Um, studied, discussed, you know, speculated on in theology. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The soul of theology. The study of scripture is the soul of theology. That's Dave That's Verbum, right? right? Dave Verbum, yeah. You, well, I'm still thinking on <laughs> processions. <laughs> you can have a procession around your house <laughs> with the kids and you just bang on pots and then you say, <laughs> And sing what? B I B L E. B I B L E. It's right, the right. book for me. All right, I'm goofing around. Come on. Um, Dis- right, disseminate. We always, <laughs> that's that's not the next one. Oh. Uh, right, we always do the procession for Corpus Christi, but we should do more processions, not just one a year. But we're also in the Eucharistic revival right now, so we will be doing more Eucharistic processions. Oh, yeah. I think we're gonna try to do a big one with Holy Ghost and. Cathedral, maybe. Cathedral. That'd be awesome. Right downtown, right on Broadway, right yeah. on 16th Street Mall, something like that. You can that. bring your Bible. I'll bring my Bible. I'll <laughs> process with my Bible. <laughs> um, great. So we have the celebration of the Word of God, so celebrate. Uh, next, we have study. So again, the third Sunday of Ordinary Time is to be devoted to the celebration, study. How do we study the Scripture? I was reading a little bit of uh, Leo the Thirteenth, Pope Leo the Thirteenth's encyclical Providentissimus Deus, uh, because on it's about on the study of Holy Scripture. What does it mean to study? And there's a few different lines that really caught my attention as I was reading through this, which I must caveat that I'm not finished reading it yet. Uh, I did read it in seminary, but it's good to go back and, and look at this. Uh, like, I hate saying this on the podcast, but like most encyclicals, they're not always the most uh, like engaging thing to read, but they're very, I think, important because it's the, the Pope speaking. Uh, but specifically... It's about three kind of main things. Uh, Pope Leo wants to assert divine authorship, that the Bible was really written by God. Now, of course, he uses humans to write that, uh, but it's, it's the divine authorship. There's both a human author and the divine author, and that was under attack. And so Pope Leo XIII really wanted to assert that. So divine authorship, uh, divine inspiration, that all in Scripture is inspired by God which of course is uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God, uh, all of it, right? And we use scripture to interpret scripture. Uh, We use it as a whole story. We can't pull it out of context. And then of course, the inerrancy of scripture. Scripture is without error. That's very important because sometimes, and what Pope Leo XIII is actually addressing is this, is the certain sciences of the time that are coming about. Archaeology was just uh, about coming out. So this is written in 1893. Archaeology is is coming out, and they're starting to see possibly these physical sciences are in disagreement or in contradiction with Scripture. And so what do we say? Are these sciences wrong, or is Scripture wrong? And the Pope Leo XIII asserts, no, divine authorship, divine inspiration, and inerrancy, if there are apparent contradictions, we wrestle with those, we work through them, and we hopefully find the truth of them. Right, and then, yeah, the church is going to discuss what's the nature of the truth claims of the scriptures, and already by Providentissimus Deus, you already have an appreciation for the fact that there are various genres in um, the writing of the scriptures. Right. So not everything is trying to be like biogra- like bio- biographically historical. Mm-hmm. It, it's not really the purpose 
in a lot of cases. So, right. or even scientifically accurate, like evolution is a interesting question. Yeah. So there was, I think there has been a shift on the way we look at that. So at the, the rub was the difficulty was that it was like the order of how you approach history. You start with this Bible because it has all these, you know, names and facts and places and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you judge the rest of your um, historical findings accordingly. And the order has kind of flopped, flipped where um, we allow historians to be doing history without the Bible. You can do history without the Bible. And then we try to set the Bible in dialogue and understand the, the historical context mm. within this kind of bigger picture of uh, that other scholars are involved in and historians. And so it does, it did feel nerve wracking and threatening. And even sometimes still today, it feels like, hmm, how do we, there's some kind of puzzles to deal with, with those questions of um, inerrancy and what exactly is the nature of these truth claims, mm-hmm. right? I think they are puzzles and, and they're challenging, but right, of course, when Holy Mother Church asserts something, we, we are obedient to that. But I still think there's still room for like wrestling at times and like one of, one of the questions that has always been interesting for me is like, what does it mean for the scripture to be inerrant with regards to um, language? So is the English text inerrant or is it a different text? Is it the Hebrew text? Is it the Greek text? And Oh yeah, interesting. Inerrancy with that. Like if I pick up my Bible and I just start reading in English and I see some sort of contradiction, it's like, well, yeah, but the this isn't the language the scripture was written in. Right? right, so there's always a right. historical. Am I looking at the uh, contradiction in the text itself, or just in the, mm-hmm. the way it was translated, yeah. or a confusion, or whatever? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, go on, go on. So, from my understanding, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm honestly still confused on this point. So maybe you can shed some light on it. But from my understanding is that the official inerrant translation of the church is Latin because it's the language of Holy Mother Church, um, right? So if there's ever a textual discrepancy in the Greek or the Hebrew, we go to the Latin, even though it was written later, and even though it wasn't the language that the scripture was actually written in. Uh, that's like the the authoritative uh, uh, translation of the scripture that we, we ought to go to. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's an interesting question. Are texts, are the words themselves? Um, I, I, inerrant is kind of not the, the word we use for this discussion. It's more in, inspiration. Mm. Are, the, are the texts themselves inspired, like the words and the words written in those languages or whatever? And how does that relate to the authority of the church and the reader and all these things? Mm-hmm. So you're right. There is a Nova Vulgata that was... Um, kind of a project for the some recent scholars, well, I don't know, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, mm-hmm. um, trying to take the best of the manuscript evidence that we have and, um, and the evidence we have for linguistics and translation, and then to produce a 
translation in Latin. So they there was for the longest time the Clementine Vulgate or Jerome's Vulgate, mm-hmm. right? The Latin version from Jerome. But he also didn't have access to as many tools as we do now. So he didn't know necessarily. He didn't have all the dictionaries and the word analysis and the um, he, as much awareness of Hebrew as he, we we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was definitely a, a talented um, rhetorician, and he knew Greek and Latin obviously very very well. And then he knew some some Hebrew, and he lived in um, in Bethlehem where he had access to local Jews and people speaking Aramaic, and so. Um, there's been, yeah, so there's an update. At some point, they really, the church did say that the, the Vulgate is inspired version. And I don't think we talk about the, the Neo-Vulgate that way, mm-hmm. but it is the official Bible of the church. If you want to know, like, yeah, what, what should they be quoting in documents and things like that, um, what should they use to translate for the lectionary, mm-hmm. there's this Nova Vulgata. But I don't know about, would you think, I've, I've heard arguments, interesting arguments for arguing that the Septuagint itself, the Greek of the Septuagint was inspired. Mm. And, and it argued on the basis of the value it had for the fathers of the church and then also because it's quoted in the New Testament. The problem is that not all the quotes are Septuagint probably. So it's like, eh. Sure. Unless it applies all across the board, then I don't know. We can make it a rule. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're interesting questions, this stuff. I, I'm i more like, I find it more intriguing to ask questions about, well, what do you do with the funny geography or facts? and Or like the, 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 the sun stood still in the sky. Or yeah, something that's like, yeah, kind of fantastical. Now, mm-hmm. I believe in miracles. So, well, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact yeah. that the Earth exists and that it's flying through space, spinning around a uh, sun, and it has life on it is far more incredible than whatever happened so that the, s- the sun stood still that day or whatever. <laughs> sure. Or people perceive that or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I th- although I do think, like, okay, here's an example. There are people who are, you know, really racking their brains and, and exploring, trying to find Noah's Ark mm-hmm. on Mount Ararat. Right. Yeah, Mount Ararat's cool, and I'd like to go climb it. We can go sometime. <laughs> Great. You have to, it's kind of dangerous because you have to go to Armenia and then, like, sneak through the border into Turkey and then go um, up the mountain. But it's a cool mountain. It's the tallest in the, the whole, you know, Mediterranean. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I don't have a problem saying that that Noah, the, the Noah's Ark story is a kind of a legendary thing with a theological point that's inspired, inerrant, absolutely necessary, and authored by God, but uh, a, not about some dude who built a boat and put the animals on there, mm. and you, like you could find his boat. You know? sure. I do think, you, you know, there, was a f- there were floods, and there's tons of stories in lots of different cultures about floods that are dangerous or catastrophic or, you know, might cover the, as much of the earth as you know, or something like that. But uh, just, you know, does it, does everything have to be purporting 
these historical facts. Right. I don't know. I, and I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Those are the questions. I, I personally find these super, super fascinating. Mm. I love wrestling with these. I know for some people it's super boring. And uh, my encouragement to anyone who might think like, does this rock your faith? Uh, it shouldn't, right? Because at the end of the day, we still assert um, God is the, the, there's the divine author of, of scripture. And we trust that. And certainly there's, there's mysteries and, and there's, uh, aspects that are just like, this does seem confusing, but that's okay. Um, part of studying scripture and maybe two, two points with the, the study would be, you were talking about St. Jerome, Father Mike, uh, he has this beautiful line that most people have probably heard, right? Ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. We have to know scripture in order to know Christ. Uh, why? Because scripture is living. And so this is the second point. Scripture is alive. Uh, Balthazar has this great image where he says the reason why we can't dissect scripture. So he's talking about the historical critical method amongst other things, which is a different kind of, uh, a topic I would say, but there's a temptation sometimes to take scripture out of, to- uh, out of context and to use that, uh, passage for something that I want to prove. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's problematic. We have to use scripture to interpret scripture. And so what Balthazar will say is you can't dissect scripture because it's not dead. You only dissect things that are dead. Uh, think of your your fetal pig that you dissected in middle school or whatever, right? Yeah, S- gross. Scripture is living. What did we do? We did ferrets. I think we had ferrets. Ferrets. I did a fetal or pig. Minks. And... Is that a is that a fur or a animal? What? Mink. I don't know what a mink is. Oh, okay. It's like a fur. <laughs> okay, go on, dude. So, <laughs> so uh, it's not dead it, because dissect. it's living. Yeah, you can't dissect it because it's living. Uh, you don't dissect living things. Scripture is alive. It speaks to you. It's sharper. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Scripture wants to speak to you. Jesus wants to speak to you through Scripture. We're not meant to just uh, figure out all these mysteries, uh, but Jesus wants to speak to you in some of these mysteries in Scripture. Uh, so we celebrate it and we study it. Yeah, so study of scripture is going to be a little bit different than study of other books and other topics and things because it's always meant to be mixed with prayer and, and mm. kind of a door. You're opening a door for God to speak. You know, I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily true when I'm reading Cormac McCarthy's All the Pretty Horses, which is fun and it's inspiring and I find it very interesting and delightful. But it's not like I'm waiting for God to speak through that. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Do you live like that? But I do when I read scripture. I am kind of Yeah, yeah it's a different kind of attention. Grace or something. Yeah. I think you should expect the grace. I think God speaks uh he he's not limited, right? He can speak any way he wants. He's not limited by the sacraments, for instance. He can give us grace any way he wants. So he he could give you grace and reading what did you say? All the, the pretty horses. All the pretty horses. <laughs> yeah, I mean he could. Fine. Uh, right. But but we expect and we should look for graces when we open up the scriptures and we pray with them. Uh, so the celebration, the study of it, and then the, the dissemination of, of the word of God. Now, I don't have as much with this one, but I think, right, it, part of this, in order to disseminate the word of God, we have to know it, we have to understand it, we have to study it so that we can give it out. So that when people ask us, like, hey, what have you been reading or, or what's been inspiring you? You can say like, this part of scripture is really interesting to me to know it so that we can give it out. Um, I don't know what that looks like practically. It reminds me whenever um, I went to a Catholic high school and I remember one time, a few times leaving actually driving and there was, um, I don't know if they were Mormon or 
Seventh-day Adventist or what they were or who they were, but there was, they were always standing at the edge of the property, so on public ground, and they would hand out these Bibles, right? And it was the Psalms Very and the New nice. Testament. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, right, they're disseminating the Word of God. Now, they're not Catholic. They, they view Scripture a little differently than we do, uh, but that always kind of stuck with me. Like, they believe in this so much that they want to give people yeah. the Word of God so that people read it. You know about them Gideons? Gideons. I, that's probably Are they the Gideons? They, they were probably Gideons. Yeah. You know, they drop off all these Bibles in hotel Hotels, rooms and yeah. everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, dissemination, let's see. This activity right here is in somehow spreading the love of scriptures and mm. um, the when the when the Catholics get together every time we do for Mass, there's a dissemination of the Word of God. It's like essential, yeah. you know. It's this by the words of this gospel, may the Lord wipe away our, what, per, per evangelia dicta, deliantur nostra delicta. Yeah, through the words of this holy gospel, may the, <laughs> now you're confusing me. Oh, there you go, <laughs> What priest. do we say? Through the words of this holy gospel, may our sin, uh, wait, say it one more time in Latin. Per evangelia dicta, deliantur nostra delicta. By the, de- by the, the saying of this gospel, proclamation of this gospel, wipe away our sins. There it is, wipe away our sins. The words of this holy gospel, right. Mary, sins and be wiped so away. So there is a power in just hearing it, and uh, the church is always disseminating the word and passing it on. It has celebrated throughout. Mm. I kind of get annoyed when I, I hear, oh, there you go, Catholics, they don't know their Bible. Mm. Or all these evangelicals, they know their Bible so well, and the Catholics don't. It's like, well, I don't know. Go survey the evangelicals. I think there are some people who are really good at it, but the majority just know their handful of favorite verses. Right. Do, you a have a, do you have a favorite verse? So you could disseminate that. Um, sure. One of my favorite verses you is Psalm, sing it while you're in procession. <laughs> Psalm 103.12. <laughs> Psalm 103.12, which is, As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions oh, cool. from you. Yeah, I love yeah. that because like east and west... Are, are limitless, you know? So I remember reading that. I think I was in sixth grade. And I remember reading that. I went to a Protestant elementary school and just being like, whoa, what is the East and West? And like, what does it mean as far as the East is from the West? Like wow. for eternity, God separates our sins uh, eternally. There's no limit to that. Yeah, that's super cool. I don't I don't even think about that, but it's true. It's like um, go East, try to get to the East. Mm-hmm. When, when do you get to the East, right? Um, I live. I. I no longer live. It is Christ who lives in me. Saint Paul. Yeah. Zoda uk edi ego. You know what? Uh, is that uh, Christians? Zeta enemoi Christos. Um, I don't remember where it is. You're funny. Romans. I had the guys in Greek memorize some of their mm. favorite scriptures. That's awesome. I like it. You know, it's a good exercise, and it just gives you something to chew on. Yeah, absolutely. It does give you something to chew on. So You know what you should do is you should get it tattooed on your neck, and then you'd be disseminating that scripture <laughs> as far as the east is from the west. That's right. Well, maybe on the you'd right be all, side. always doing it. Maybe on the right side I'll put east, and on the left side I'll put <laughs> oh, west. Oh, boy. All right. Now I'm not letting you go. <laughs> um, cool. So the, the one example I want to give, and then – oh, you got to get going, Father Mike. So oh. the one example I give, I'll give here – uh, scripture is alive. St. Anthony of the desert. We just celebrated him. He, uh, right. He walked into a church and heard the gospel and changed, it changed his life. 
when we hear the gospel, oftentimes, sometimes, maybe not often, but sometimes Christ wants to speak to us in a real way. It pierces our heart. It comes alive. For St. Anthony, he heard the story of the rich young man, uh, go and sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. Mm-hmm. Anthony heard that, he did it, he followed Christ because it, it pierced him. It was living, it was alive. So read the Wait, scriptures. What's the other one? Tole et lege? Tole lege, or lege, tole depending lege. if it's, yeah. Tole lege. Uh, but that's St. Augustine, right? He heard the words, tole lege, take and read, take, take and read. And he read picks this. up the scripture, he reads it, and he yeah, goes. There's like a Gideon standing on his corner saying, take and read, <laughs> take and tole read. lege. <laughs> so great. Well, thanks, Father Mike. Hey, thank you. I, it is a joy to be reminded of uh, love for scripture. And I actually didn't have the third Sunday of Ordinary Time on my radar. For the there scripture thing. Now you have something for to teach shame, about. but now, yeah, I will remember and we'll celebrate in classes too. Great. You can, um, we'll make it a whole year's worth. <laughs> That's right. You can do some processions and everything. Where did you go to elementary school? Front Range Christian School. Oh, really? Yeah. Shepherd of the Hills. Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran School over here. That's where you went? Yeah. Nice. Over by Arapaho High School. Cool. It's great. All right. Well, blessings, everybody. You got any shout outs? Yeah, one shout out. Uh, to Joe and Crystal Lemming. It was great doing marriage prep with you. It's great marrying you guys, and uh, you guys are great. Christo, uh, you're a great cyclist. I want you to know that. Uh, Do you have any shout-outs for the mic? Well, no. Um, I Jason and Michelle up in Fort Collins. I just haven't talked to them for a while, and I miss them, and I did their wedding a few years back in, in nice. Italy, and uh, Jason Ferris is one of my best buds in seminary and uh, has always been a good friend. So, anyway, I don't know why that came to mind, but it must be because of the uh, I don't know, what do you call it? it? Like affection, the the affinity, sweetness of a snow day. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. God bless hey, you great. all. Thanks for listening. Go everyone. read your Bible. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. God bless you all. Peace, peace. Thank you.